Metunetter Volume 5, Keys to Health and Longevity. Continuing with Chapter 7 on page 98. Peace, the foundation of happiness. Happiness is the state of being that is free from suffering. You are happy when the only emotions in your life are peace and joy. Stress in all its forms, anger, fear, frustration, etc. has been eliminated. Everybody wants it, yet hardly anyone knows what it is. Happiness is a life skill that must be attained through the establishment of a self-image that has been defined as a divine state of being. You are a divine being, a God-man or a God-woman. When you have mastered the ability to be at peace in the midst of challenges and are able to enjoy the peace, you are in a state of joy when you have the good things in life, and you are in a state of joy when you are at peace in the midst of denial or loss of the good things in life. You are therefore always joyful. This is what we all want. We must want it because we are compelled to want it. It is the expression of the fundamental condition of the energy of life, the spirit. The chief problem in life is that the desire for it first proceeded through the mammalian brain that interprets all sources of threat and pleasure as coming from the outside and must be satisfied through external actions. This makes the experience of peace and joy the result of success in dealing with an external through a physical act. The mind has been trained by the animal brain to think that happiness will come from getting a good job, a good spouse, lots of money, getting rid of and avoiding challenges, and so on. So you work at it and wait for 10 or 20 years and all of your life to feel happy as a result of succeeding in your endeavors. Thus, for 10, 20, 30, and more years, you are living from peace to pleasure to pain, and in most cases, in more of the latter as you wait for the external things to accommodate itself to your wishes. You are totally oblivious of the fact that the stress that you have allowed to enter into your life through waiting for material success to enter the stress-free zone called happiness is raped ravaging your body and numbing your cortex, endangering thus the success that you were seeking. Do you realize that the thought that you will be happy when you get something that might take, let's say, five years to achieve puts on hold your living free of stress? Instead, you could organize your thoughts in a manner that will allow you to maintain your energy in a peaceful and joyful state. You will then optimize the function of the cerebral cortex with resulting benefit of great mental clarity, genius and power over mind, power of mind over matter. If you want to optimize your success, survival, and enjoyment of life, acquire first the skill to be happy by cultivating your mind with the proper thoughts. Be happy to succeed and survive and not the other way around. The animal and human model for happiness and success. There's an illustration with an arrow, three points on it. The arrow is going from left to right, 
The three points are challenge, success in externals, and happiness. The divine model for success and happiness is an illustration of an arrow going from left to right with three points, challenge, happiness from within, success. As you follow the human animal success model for attaining happiness, you are chronically inflicting harm to your being through stress. If you are happy, it means that there is no stress in your life. If there is stress in your life, then you are unhappy. Happiness is an ongoing state and not something that comes and goes. It is achieved through your mind and not through external actions upon things you have no control over. God is so good. What you need most has been placed directly under your ability to control 100%. Summary. There's an illustration on the left of the tree of life and on the right is a box with three things in there. First one is Amen, the residence of the energy of happiness, everlasting peace and joy. It's an arrow pointing to the very top of the tree of life. Next down is the Ausar faculty, consciousness which in the spiritually undeveloped resides in the Ausar faculty is raised to Amen through the evolutionary desires that emanate from each of the Neturu. And then towards the bottom of the tree of life is an arrow to Auset, the Auset faculty. The consciousness of most people resides here and must be lifted to dwell in Auset. The desire for happiness, unending peace and joy emanates from the Amen faculty. It can only be satisfied by the realization that peace and joy in is man's only natural response to the challenges of life. Because it is our nature, we have the capacity to respond with peace and joy to all challenges. Because the alternatives, the stress of anger, fear, etc., which are damaging, cannot represent our nature however, is harmful to our health and mental abilities. Our chief survival tools cannot be natural. The premise that peace is in our nature is what establishes it is a law as truth. To go against it, treating anger and fear as the natural responses in its place, is to go against our nature, to go against a fundamental law of our being. The desire for happiness is first processed by the reptilian and mammalian brain's dominated cerebral cortex, which interprets everything in relationship to pain and pleasure coming from the physical world to be met with physical actions. Happiness is seen then as something to be achieved as a result of obtaining and achieving things that are falsely viewed as pleasure givers and by avoiding things that are falsely seen as causes of emotional pain. This misconception has remained in place in the majority of people from time, immoral and is kept in place by religions, so-called spiritual systems, prestigious institutions of higher learning, and so on. Since man cannot control these things, he lives in a perpetual alternation of pain and pleasure, fight, flight, stress, and pleasure responses. 
The resultant damage to health and intelligence becomes thus the evolutionary impetus to seek a solution beyond animalistic thinking. Once the truth that peace and joy are natural energy states and is implanted into the mind, consciousness is then raised from the lowly outset faculty to the heights of Amen. Most people have failed to recognize the simple truth or to adapt their lives to it. After learning about it due to the devitalized state of their cerebral cortex due to chronic stress, it is important to realize that the real challenge to happiness does not come from situations in the world, but the programs in the animal brains that react in a manner that is dysfunctional to man however useful they are to the survival of animals. In addition for man, she must realize happiness to achieve well-being, survival, and success, and not as a result of, achieve- of achievements. Ausar, the desire for oneness with all. Let's keep in mind that the powerful spiritual force that we experience is that which emanates from Amen, the desire for happiness. The greatest threat to happiness is the threat to our earthly existence and survival. The pain factor, again, in impediments to our gratification of pleasure is an enemy. Establishing unions with others for multiple protection and sharing in the quest for achievement and the enjoyment of pleasures in man's response to urge for oneness that emanates from the outside faculty of the spirit. The divine desire for oneness is first processed by the reptilian and mammalian brain's dominated cerebral cortex, which interprets everything in relationship to pain and pleasure coming from the physical world to be met with physical actions. Union with others is dedicated by kinship, by blood, tribe, nationality, and in response to sexual urges and other forms of pleasure gratification. It does not take a long journey down the animal and that annals of history to learn that the animal way does not work for man. It is only when man comes to the realization that the higher aspects of his being, the self and the divine spirit of each person, is by nature one with all, and places that truth to dominate his thinking, that his consciousness will be raised from the lowly outset part of the spirit to dwell in the outside faculty, which is the source of man's power of mind over matter as it makes all the other 10 faculties of the spirit work together. And text Hark, Ausar, Lord of Eternity, King of the Neturu, faculties of the spirit, him to Ausar. Most spiritual systems fail to help mankind because they have failed to identify all of the truths, divine laws, that must govern man's thinking and to make them work together. There is no oneness with others where it is not expressed as love, and there is no love where the response to the challenges encountered between people is not peace and joy. The satisfaction for the desire of the desire for oneness heals through the preservation of the peace and joy, happiness as the proof of love. The admonishment to love thy enemies requires 
for one to be at peace and joy. Otherwise, violence will be done to the self in whatever manner we profess love for those that have transgressed against us. Ultimately, it must be understood that the cosmological truth that shows that the self of man and God must be in union with each other. Given that the self is that part of being that is devoid of energy and matter and thus outside of the time and space, divisibility, attributes of the spirit leads to the conclusion that man and God are infinitely and eternally one. Oneness with God is a major theme of all religions and spiritual systems. Since it is an eternal reality, it is not something that can be attained. It is and has been already there. All that is needed is the acknowledgement in the mind of the man as a dynamic truth premise for guiding her thinking about the challenges of life. Can you ever be thus alone? Is loneliness making you sick? Furthermore, if you are one with God, you are one with all, always even when those who act in enmity towards you. The premise that oneness with all is in our nature is what establishes it as a law, as a law, as truth. To go against it by treating the separation from each other that is created by the physical body as the truth is to go against our nature, to go against the fundamental law of our being. Last but not least is the understanding that if oneness were not invoidable, then enmity would be a true possibility. If in truth you are one with all, then you cannot conclude that those who act against you are therefore your enemies. The possibility of having enemies becomes thus a potential source of anxiety, worry, and illness. You will come to learn that through the empowerment of the thought of oneness in your mind, you will be able to overcome all hostilities opposition, and therefore secure your health through happiness. Tahuti, the desire to resolve oppositions in life. We have seen how oneness is important for securing happiness, the emotional state of securing and maintaining health. All units are composed of two fundamental complementary agents. The best known example of this is the positive and negative charges of electricity and magnetism the male and female genders, and so on. While it is easy to see the indivisibility of the dual components of these things, it is not easy in many other things. The failure to see that things that seem to be opposed to each other are complementary to each other, that is, they work together to make up a unit, is a major source of errors in thinking that leads to all ill actions, fear, and anxiety, and therefore illness. The desire to resolve the dualities of life for the protection of oneness and therefore happiness and health emanates from the Tahuti faculty of the spirit. It can only be realized by placing into the mind the truth that opposites are in realities the dual, hence complementary components of a whole. Opposition thus is ordained by nature and must be resolved by enlightenment. The first attempts to process the oppositions that appear in life is carried out through the reptilian and mammalian brains dominated cortex in relationship to pain and pleasure coming from the physical world. 
to be resolved from information derived from the worldly experience. One of the most important apparent oppositions that we must tackle is adversity. Life is full of events that seem to be adverse to man's well-being, natural disasters, enmity, illness, crime, wars, etc. To the animal brain, they are adversities, but to the enlightened cortex, they are challenges to man's ability to respond from the highest parts of her spirit, from the Amen and Ausar faculties, with the invoidability of peace and oneness. True pain and suffering is not the loss of property, kin, and life. It is the loss of peace and joy. Have not men been able to hold on to peace and joy in the midst of the greatest losses? Incidentally, no culture other than the Kemetic has succeeded in teaching man how to transcend suffering. Even yogic spirituality teaches that man must attain nirvana in order to escape reincarnating, given that suffering was an inescapable fact of the world. They miss the highest teachings of spirituality. Challenges which people call adversities are unavoidable and necessary. If we must respond to challenges as if they are adversarial, then we must respond in a stressful manner. But since we can respond with peace and enjoy the fact that we are able to be at peace and thus avoid illness and degradation of our intelligence and survival quotient, challenging events are therefore not stressors. In addition, challenges are necessary for the growth and development of our bodies, brains, and spirit. And since challenges cannot cause us true harm and are necessary, they are therefore complements to the antagonists of our well-being, to the agnostics of our well-being. A subset of this theme is the issue of good and evil. We are admonished to fear no evil, yet not taught how to. Once the laws of the naturalness of peace and oneness are anchored in our minds, then we will not fear evil as it cannot affect the core of our being. It cannot rob us of our happiness. It cannot cause suffering. Given the fact that mankind has not solved this puzzle, it is fair to conclude that Adam and Eve did not partake of the fruits of the tree of knowledge of good or evil or failed to pass it on to their descendants. Another subset of this theme is believed that things possess qualities in themselves. This is the result of the animal brain dominated cortex that is only equipped to process absolutes in concrete thoughts originating in the lower mind. Things that are stressful, the job is stressful, the event is frightening, and so on. Yet it is well known that while some people react emotionally and stressful to an experience, others do not. The trauma, the stress is not in the event, but in the person's level of spiritual development. As long as a man continues to mislabel and misinterpret the common dualities of life, he will respond with stress and illness to life's unavoidable and necessary challenges. If something cannot be avoided and you have the opportunity to train and respond with peace and joy, why choose stress 
and the illness that must follow. And here ends the reading of chapter 7 on page 106.